Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Kingsmith Podcast. King Smith! Uh, with your host, Nathan Smith, and... Zachary King. Oh, we, we did that backwards. We can't do that backwards. Yeah. I'm Zach, he's Nathan. Exactly, Emily. Yeah. Nathan, what do we do today? Oh, we decided that we should maybe have the roasting of the Pharisees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, we just we decided that they were going to have a good roast because, you know, that's what they needed, right? The, you know what? Some of these Pharisees, I'll tell you what, man. They just, they just needed it. Right. You know? They didn't really understand, man. No. Hey, but there's something else pretty cool that we're doing today. What else are we doing cool today, Nathan? Well, in case some of the people might notice, we got a little bit of a different miking situation going on here. Yeah, for those sound-savvy people. Mm. Yeah, I went to Guitar Center, and I bought me a 57, SM57. Mainly yeah. for instruments and stuff, but I'm going to try it today and see how much I like it. So, so, this is a bit of a test for us. Yep. You know what else we did today, Nathan? What else did we did today, Zachary? Um, since today was is Sunday, mm. you know, we had youth group. That we did. And we decided to have a movie night. Yeah, we did. What did we watch, Nathan? Oh, we watched us some VeggieTales. VeggieTales. Some Jonah. And we were sitting there ragging on Jonah the entire time. We kind of did. So look forward to that episode when we decide yeah. to give Jonah his own. Well, his own we get to it, right? Yeah, his own roasting session. Bro, he deserved it, every bit of it. So, Nathan. Yes. Uh, a, a bit, something else for the for the peoples. While you are the the sound and mic guy for the podcast. Hey, man. I'm kind of the uh, episode planner, I guess you'd say, you know? Oh, yeah. For for sure. Yeah. Um, and what I do is I have Nathan... I shared with Nathan a a, a document that is for our, our episodes. It's an outline for our, our episodes, right, Nathan? Yeah. Big old Google Drive. Yeah. And then I wrote the outline for this episode... Mm-hmm. Initially, the only thing I wrote was the Pharisees are morons. Oh, yeah. And then later on, I added that the trial of Jesus was uh, a bowl of legal potato salad, which means Dude. it's a big old mess. Yeah, there was everything, dude. Everything with Jesus's uh, trial was a mess. That was maybe the worst trial Ever. Right. It was the worst trial ever. Yeah. Oh, Nathan, let's, let's, let's start at the beginning. Ooh, okay. Nathan, why are the Pharisees a pack of morons that might make us look like geniuses? You know, the reason why the Pharisees are a pack of morons that might make, look like, that might make us look like geniuses. We aren't doing ourselves any favors here, folks. Yeah, I know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nobody was debating you there. Yep. Uh, no, the reason why is because, well, the Pharisees saw Jesus and rejected him, for the most part. Some of them, some of them wait. did get the point. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. I'm holding up. Hold up. You mean to tell me 
that the Pharisees had the real in person son of God in front of their faces. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, Jesus kind of walked right in front of them, kind of witnessed <laughs> to them a little bit. You know, I'm just something about that. Right. Yeah. Tickles me. It, it also tickles me. <laughs> you know, you know, guys, the 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 relationship Jesus had with the Pharisees was also kind was always kind of interesting to me. Oh yeah. Because you know, what he did was, you know, what they did was, they they would go up and accuse Jesus, and he would and he would verbally slap them around like they were children. Which, yeah. To be fair, compared to him. Everyone is a child. Hey, you know what? There's a reason why God says let all the little children come. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, I, there just is a reason. Yeah. No, no, yeah. And yes, some of the Pharisees did to get the point. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was Nicob- Nicodemus was one of them. Yeah, he, I Nicodemus. Think he, Nicodemus got the point eventually. Jesus still had to... <laughs> yeah. Look at oh, look at man. John three, uh, you know, John three is where uh, uh, Jesus had his conversation with Nicodemus, mm-hmm. and of course John three sixteen everybody knows that verse, and, yeah. and Nicodemus just is like, how can you be born of your mother's room? Be born again? Are you going to climb into your mother's room? Yeah. And Jesus is like, no, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is like, dude, no, that that's not how. That's not how basic science works. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, you know, we make arguments from basic science and the Bible. Yep. Which isn't popular in today's day and age, but, you know. Uh, it, it's, let me just say, climbing back into your mama is... It uh, ain't work. Impossible. It ain't work. Yeah, it's yep. it not going not gonna to happen. No, you might have a failure type of situation in there. Yeah, yeah, and your mama might be a little bit creeped out. You know... I don't think we need to go there, but anyway, um, <laughs> just saying. You know, I, I think I think they get the point, Zach. Yep. But here's uh, the deal. moving on. Um, Mark, Mark chapter eight. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> what does Mark chapter eight say, Nathan? Well, we were talking about how you know Jesus walked in front of all the Pharisees and scribes and all of them, and they should have known, and they did known, but you know. Um, we get to Mark chapter 8 you got the feeding of the 4,000 and then mm-hmm. at the end of the 4,000 it's a uh, 8.10 says immediately he entered the boat with his disciples and came to the district of Dalmanutha um, which Dalmanutha is actually a pretty big region Yep, if I remember correctly um, it's a pretty big region uh-huh. um so, okay, um, now you get the Pharisees, and verse 11, they demand a sign. So it says, the Pharisees came up and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. Verse 12, signed deeply in his spirit, he said, why does this generation seek a sign? Truly I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Leaving them, he embarked and went away to the other side. <laughs> So, what was the Pharisees' problem here, dude? They, like, we, we earlier we mentioned that uh, Jesus said, oh, let the children come. Mm-hmm. The Pharisees are like spoiled brats, you know? 
Yes, I agree. <laughs> wow. Seriously, seriously. Wow. Seriously. Look at verse 11 again. And the various cases came out and began to argue with him, yeah. demanding a sign. Tell me that isn't a spoiled little baby to Boy, you. Those guys, you know, they really are, man. I never, they I never are looked at it that way before. Spoiled little brats. They're like, oh, Jesus, give us a sign. Give us a sign. Dude, this is right after the feeding of the 4,000. Right. And Jesus, and Jesus, if he had glasses on, he would take them off like I'm doing right now and just be like, Stop. No. <laughs> oh, my word. Some of these people, man, I tell you what. It is amazing, Nathan, to me at least, mm-hmm. that the religious leaders of the day couldn't tell that the Son of God was right in front of their faces. It's insane. I. It's mind-boggling to me, Zach. That's what it is. Right. Now, but the, they, they ask him for a sign. He's like, dude, I just did one. What like what are you talking about? This generation won't have no sign. Mm-hmm. But then, okay, so he he, he starts talking to um, the the disciples again, you know, in in, in verse uh, fourteen, and they had forgotten to take bread, uh, and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. Ooh. And he was giving them orders, saying, "Watch out! Beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod." Uh, because the second King Herod was in rule at this time. They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread, and Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet see or understand, or do you have a hardened heart? Having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear, and do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the five thousand? How many baskets of broken pieces you picked up? They said to him, Twelve. When it broke seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets of, uh, of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said to him, uh, seven. And he was saying to them, hey, stupid. I mean, do you not yet understand? I mean, even the disciples didn't get it. Yep. My uh, gosh. Now, when we say that the Pharisees were morons, we are not meaning they are, like, uneducated or intellectually challenged. They were definitely educated. The problem is... uh, They were blinded by the power and wealth and prestige and all the other good stuff, earthly stuff they were getting from, you know... Yeah. You know, the the Israelites of the day. They were totally blind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 100% so, with you. So the the wider nation of Israel was worshiping the Pharisees. Yeah. You know, putting them on a pedestal saying, oh, if I go to the Pharisees, they'll solve all my problems. <laughs> well, that's and what Judas followed, but... <laughs> no. No. Um, but... Um, the problem with the Pharisees is they were follow they were not following the true God. No, they were not. No, they did not. They were following uh, what I would say is an after image of God. Mm-hmm. Or guess what? They were following an idol. Oh no. 
It's the I word. They were saying idol. So not only were they blinded by all the power, money, and prestige, they were blinded by. They were they were so tied up and following the law mm-hmm. that they forgot the prophets and like like Isaiah who were saying, "Hey hey hey dingus, yeah, <laughs> look who it uh, is." Literally. <laughs> hey, guess what? We have uh, somebody here. His name is uh, oh, by the way, Jesus. Oh. It's not like he was born of a virgin or anything. Yeah, it's not like anything special happened there other than the fact that he's alive. Right. In front of you. It's not like he just like took like seven loaves of bread and fed 4,000 people for... Good Lord. Dude, I could go off on this. I could go off on this too. Oh, man. But hey, we've talked about... The, uh, the disciples, the yeah. Pharisees. But now let's look at a pretty big rebuke to specifically Peter. Right. Mm-hmm. Specifically Peter. I feel like Peter uh, gets rebuked a lot. And... Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he gets... He gets shut yeah. down in Mark 8. You want, you want to know something, Nathan? Yeah. Uh, our pastor, David P- Pierce, uh, recently mm. finished... A few months ago, finished a, a a study of Second Peter. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. And did. something he said stuck out to me. He said that Peter was not unintelligent or stupid. No. Uh, from, yeah. He's uh, far from it. Yeah, he's far from it. Um, he just what 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 I would phrase how I would phrase it. Peter just jumped the gun a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Or how I phrase it, he had a bad case of foot and mouth itis. <laughs> foot and mouth itis. That is about as accurate of a way you could word that as you could word that. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's see this rebuke of Peter in the book of uh, Mark. Mark eight twenty seven. So Jesus goes out along with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he questioned his disciples, saying to them, "Who do people say that I am?" Okay, so Jesus gives it a poll, and they told him, saying, uh, John the Baptist, others say Elijah, but others, when, you know, one of the prophets, blah, 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 blah. And then he continued by questioning him, saying, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him and said to him, you are the Christ. And he warned them to tell no one about him. Okay, so he's right. Peter's he's right. right. He nails it. Okay? This is... I want to say this is one of the few times that he hits the nail on the head, but this is certainly one of the times where he... It literally takes, like, maybe five seconds for the rebuke to come. So, yeah. it says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he was stating the matter plainly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him because... Oh, oh time out. Whoa. Hey, 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 Pete. Pete, Pete, sit down here. Pete, what You're you doing? You're jumping the gun. Pete. <laughs> Don't rebuke God, Pete, buddy. Pete, chill out. As we're learning in our study of Job, when you begin to <laughs> challenge yeah. God, God comes down and says, hey, ding dong. Hey, chill out, bro. <laughs> yep. Chill All right. out. All right. Uh, Continue. But turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebukes Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. 
Whoa. Now, no, I think we we've stated this before on the podcast, but I'm gonna I'm gonna restate it here. Please. When when Jesus is calling Peter Satan, mm-hmm. he is not calling Peter. He's not calling Peter the devil. Nope. Um, the say the term Satan or the Satan is a is a title for and it means opponent. Yep. <laughs> or opposer or whatever you want yeah, to call it. Yeah, it means opponent. So uh, so when Jesus is rebuking Peter saying get behind me saying he's saying get behind me you who opposes me. Yeah. I'm going to do this whether you like it or not, Peter. And guess what you're going to deny me. <laughs> yeah. And what does Peter do? <laughs> Well, if you look at the next group of chapters, he tries to build a tabernacle. <laughs> oh yeah, but, but at the end of the at the end of the Gospels, Peter is just in the courtyard he, watching the trial of Jesus, and then all of a sudden, I don't know who that Jesus guy is. Yeah, he, he totally turns away from Christ like three different times, and then you know the roosters start crowing, and Peter like has a meltdown. Well, Peter knew what he did, yep. and you know what? He earned it. He earned it, yeah. God even told him what was going to happen. So, so not only is Jesus, uh, you know, roasting and rebuking the 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 Pharisees, he's also mm-hmm. kind of getting after his disciples, saying, "Hey, oh yeah." And I'd say another thing that not only blinded the Pharisees, but also blinded the, the disciples. Yeah, was they had they already had a vision of what the Messiah was going to look like in their head. Yeah, they already knew. They they thought well they thought I should say yeah they thought they, they knew thought, they thought they thought the Messiah was gonna be this Alexander the Great type mm. you know conqueror nope. come in and just be like backhand Rome with maximum prejudice saying get out my country this is mine now yeah that didn't happen that didn't happen that didn't happen did it instead Jesus rose rode in on a donkey and got crucified yep but look at so now you get to the Transfiguration. And it, this is after six days. So he, yeah, right. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, brings them up the mountain, and he was transfigured before them, and basically turns super bright white. And then Elijah appears to them along with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. So you got Elijah and Moses and Jesus chilling up there. And then Peter says to Jesus, he's shouting up to Jesus, he says, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to answer, for they became terrified. And then, Zach, what does God the Father say? This is the transfiguration. Mm-hmm. God says, this is my son, in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. This is my beloved son. Peter, shut up. Okay, and all at once they looked around and saw no one with them anymore, except Jesus alone. As they were coming down the mountain, he gave them orders not to tell anybody anything until the Son of Man rose from the dead. Um, yeah. So Peter gets slammed again. You know, for... for <laughs> For a Pharisee roast, we're really just slamming on Peter here, right? <laughs> yeah. 
How, let's get back to the Pharisees for a second. I do want to get back to that. Um, and roasting Peter, I, we're, we're just saying Peter had had some bright moments and some not so bright moments, mm-hmm. y'all. The Pharisees had no bright moments. Jesus calls them. They were pretty stupid. They, Jesus calls them sons of vipers. Yeah. Which, which basically means he called Jesus called them snakes. <laughs> uh, yeah. He calls them whitewashed tombs. And you know, cups that are like beautiful and ornate on the outside, but you know, empty on the inside. Yeah. My gosh, people! Jesus goes after the Pharisees. And oh, he gets them. You want to know something interesting, Nathan? Yes. Not one of Jesus' disciples was of the Pharisees until Paul. What's that? Not one of Jesus' disciples came from the came from the religious leadership of the day until he chose Paul. That's true, yeah. That is true. He how many yeah. what did he choose? He chooses four fishermen. Yeah. Uh the sons of thunder and Peter and his brother Andrew. Yeah. He chooses a tax collector. And a zealot. And a zealot. <laughs> in the same room. In the same room. Yeah, that'd be a little awkward. Bruh, uh, chill. <laughs> he chooses... Um, he chooses one who would betray him. Yep. Which... Well, one who would betray him. He was betraying him the whole time. Yeah. He, which, uh, brief side note... Uh, this might be an episode later, but um, uh, a question that was asked of me at one point in time was like, did it have to be Judas that betrayed Ooh. Jesus? My answer right now is no. I think yes, actually. Okay. Uh, that's an episode. Yeah, that will, that's an episode. That that's an episode. episode. So uh, look forward to that one. Yeah. Um. Potential disagreements incoming. Yep. Mm. And, okay. But anyway, back to the Pharisees. So Back when, to the Pharisees. I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> bless you. Woo! I got that. I timed that, too. I knew it was coming. Yeah. So Bruh. Jesus is up, is just here saying, talking to the Pharisees, just like, Yo, you guys are nothing but vipers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's the greatest commandment, Zach? To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Ooh. What's now, the second greatest commandment, Nathan? What is the second greatest commandment? What is the second greatest commandment? Well, see, the first greatest commandment is you shall have another of God's before me. But Well, no, <laughs> that's the first of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, I know. But when Jesus says the greatest commandment, that you shall ha- not oh, have God. Oh, I see what you're asking you, here. You shall love, love God. Neighbors. There you go. And I think there's a parable see, that... you got to be careful here with the different lists that you pick from here, Zach, because chances are I'm going to get confused because I'm stupid. Yeah. So am I, buddy. It's okay. It's okay. And that's why it's so hard to make us look like geniuses and the Pharisees are still, are still somehow you know, Somehow the Pharisees did it. But, but to be fair to the Pharisees, we have the benefit of hindsight. Well, they had the benefit of hindsight, too. They had the entire Old Testament. They should right. have known better. 
and they had Jesus in front of their faces. But so, there is but, one know. little moment that one of them had, and I don't want to discount it. Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 8. One of the scribes came and heard them arguing, and he recognized that he had answered them well, asked him, what commandment is the foremost of all? And Jesus answered, the foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord with your, uh, love your God, uh, yeah, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, Right, teacher, you have truly said that he is one, and there is no one else besides him. And to love him, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and that actually, at the end of verse 33, after he says to love uh, one's neighbor as himself, is much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. One of the scribes got it. And when right. Jesus saw that he had answered intelligently... He said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one would venture to ask him any more questions. Do you think that that scribe got saved? I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I wouldn't be surprised neither. Uh, wasn't quite there. I wouldn't be surprised if he got it. He w Jesus himself said he wasn't far off, man. Yeah. He was pretty close to you know hitting a home run here. Yeah. Now, the the second commandment, loving your neighbor as yourself. Uh, there is a parable in the Gospels that Jesus mm -hmm. tells that illustrates this per illustrates this uh, perfectly. Yeah. Which I think Jesus tells like right after he gives these two commandments. Right. I think right. it might be Matthew, if I'm right. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. I'll be the first to admit that I'm not the smartest dude. No, I'm, with, I'm right there with you, bro. But anyway, so Jesus gives these two commandments, and then he goes right into a parable. So this dude in his, in his uh, beast of burden, I don't know if it was a donkey or a mule or... Uh, it was a something. It was a something. It was a beast of burden. So he, this dude is traveling along the road, uh, I think from... I don't remember the towns exactly. I'm going to summarize here. Summarize and paraphrase. Uh-huh. So this dude is traveling along a particularly dangerous stretch of road in the land of Israel. And he gets jumped by two bandits. They beat the tar out of him, take all his stuff, and basically leave him to die. Yeah. If you are an indeterminate amount of time later, mm -hmm. we don't know how long. No. Guess who shows up? Don't, don't, don't. A Pharisee. Uh-oh. And what does he do? Keeps on a-trotting. He not only keeps on trotting, he goes to the other side of the road and goes. And he's just like, no, nope, we ain't doing nope. this. We out. Next dude to show up. The A next one. Levite. One who should have helped, actually. One who should have helped. helped. I, yeah. Both the Pharisee and the Levite should have helped. I mean, I get it. It's technically Jewish. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. So, the Levite also goes to the other side He's of the just like, and nah. keeps going. Guess who finally helps this dude, Nathan? Guessing who? A Samaritan. Mm. A dog? A dog. Oh. A Samaritan man comes in 
comes down and see, sees this guy yeah. suffering and in pain. Yeah. Probably, in all, in all accounts, close to death's door. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, I'm going to help. Goes, yeah. goes gets him from the side of the road, uh, bandages him up the best they can, mm-hmm. takes him to the nearest town and to the to the inn, and gives the the innkeeper some money and just says, "Hey, keep track of him. Yep. Keep track of his tab. When I come back, I'll pay whatever yeah. he built. He builds up. Builds up." He took and care of him. He took care of him and make sure, made sure he was taken care of when he no longer could. Yeah. Boy, that's powerful, dude. That is powerful. That is powerful. Mm. You know what? Uh, you know what that's doing, though. What's that doing, Zach? Jesus is indirectly calling out the religious leaders of the day. Of course. Right. I would too. And he calls them out directly too. Yeah. Because if I. If I'm not mistaken, and the and the two times he clears out the temple, mm-hmm. one I think near the beginning of the his, his ministry and one near the end. Yeah. Um. He guess my my uh, educated guess would be my hypothesis would be okay. that all the money changers and the people selling the the sacrifice sacrificial animals. Mm-hmm. Were religious leaders, scribes, Pharisees, oh yeah, Sadducees. That's yeah. And Jesus goes in there and flips out on him. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, boy, that was a that was a bunny trail for sure. That was a bunny. Tra- <laughs> that, was that was a, a big bunny, bunny trail. trail. That was a huge bunny trail. All right. Uh yeah. There is one other parable I would like to mention that Go for it. directly calls out the Pharisees. Oh my goodness, yeah. Okay, so it's not hard. Jesus uh I I if I remember right, Jesus was asked this is one of the TMs Jesus was asked, how do we pray? And he doesn't give quite give the the Lord's Prayer yet. Or Jesus was asked something, mm-hmm. you know, and it related to prayer. And Jesus okay, okay. again yeah. launches into another parable, another mm-hmm. story. Right. He says, you know, one day this Pharisee goes in the temple. Right. Again, paraphrasing right. and summarizing. Yep. He goes in the temple and says, Lord, look at me. I am I'm the coolest. I did all this awesome stuff. Ah, sure you did, I, bud. I, I am a righteous dude. No, like sure. this publican over here. Oh, called out. Called out, and then Jesus says, "Oh, but wait, the publican is standing over in this corner, and he's just like, Lord, I know I'm a, I'm a wretch, I'm a sinner. Please, mm-hmm. uh, if you see it fit, please, you know, forgive me, and you know, don't hold it against me." Yeah. And Jesus ends this, the parable by asking, who went away the more righteous? And he says, if, and uh, this is a, something a friend of mine pointed out to me a while ago. Okay. When Jesus says, verily, verily, or truly, truly, yeah. when he's saying, you know, when he's repeating it, yeah. 
that's em- emphasizing the point. Yeah. So when Jesus says truly, truly, the publican went away justified and righteous, while the Pharisee went away uh-huh. uh, stuck up <laughs> little pig. Yep. He did. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So the Pharisees, Jesus mocked the Pharisees to their faces several times. Uh, I don't know if mocking is the right word, well, but he definitely he, took it to him a few times. Yeah, he yeah. took it to him, I should say, yeah. But he, he legit got exasperated with them and was just like, y'all are I mean, idiots. I too, but... Yeah. Um, I think the biggest failure and the biggest point of mm-hmm. outright, uh, uh, you know, idiocy and, you know, stupidity of these Pharisees yeah. was the trial of Jesus. And that's where I am pulling things up here. Right. So, oh, my goodness. So, keep in mind, y'all, by the time they arrested Jesus, they already decided he, he was going to die. Yeah. They had already decided. Which, by the way, sentencing someone before they're convicted is illegal. Yeah, you can't do that. This entire trial is potato salad. Big old mess. It's terrible. So, uh, Nathan's pulling, pulling up uh, the passage. Oh, uh, I'm trying to get there, yeah. Jesus, yeah, Nathan's pulling up one of the accounts. Uh, I'm Matthew here. And I'm going to basically kind of summarize events. Go for it. If I can. Yeah. Who knows? My stupid might come back and mm. strike. So, to start things off, the way they arrest Jesus in the middle of the night, it's kind of sus. Yeah, that's very, yeah. The the only way they can get him, get him to, get, get to the point of arresting him is by one of his disciples betraying, betraying him. And them paying him. Mm-hmm. You want to know something interesting, Nathan? Yes, I do. Please tell me, Zach. Judas could be considered the first witness against Jesus. I mean, yeah, he's the one who betrayed him. Gave him over. Yeah, he's the one who yeah. betrayed him. So Judas is the first witness of Jesus. Or could be considered that, at least. Yeah. So they bribed their way to arresting him. Yeah. In the middle of the night, which. Yeah. Um, ah, sorry. Like arresting people in the middle of the night isn't like pure grounds for, you know, throwing out a case because mm-hmm. it because it happens, you know. Sometimes the only way you get the, you get the bad guy is by arresting him in the middle of the night. Yeah. But this is this is different. This is different. So I got John chapter eighteen pulled up. I was going all over Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mark, uh, sorry, John chapter eighteen. So you got Jesus before Pilate, and it says they led uh, eighteen twenty eight. They led Jesus from Caiaphas into the Praetorium, and it was early, and they 
they themselves did not enter into the praetorium so that they would not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. Therefore Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? And they answered and said to him, If this man were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. Whoa. Whoa okay. So Pilate says to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews said to him, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. To fulfill the word of Jesus which he spoke, signifying by what kind of death he was about to die. So, hold up. This is very important, Zach. This is important, Nathan. Why is this important, Nathan? It's important because it, it shows, this passage alone shows what the um, end goal for the chief priests was from the get-go. Right. They lie, they, they straight up lie to Pilate. Right. Pilate calls him out on it. He doesn't believe it. Yeah. So. And then Pilate says to them, take him yourselves, judge him according to your law. So I'm going to stop you there, Nathan. Go for and it. I'm going to re- rewind. Go for it. So, you know, the, the, the chief priests in the Roman co- in a Roman cohort, which mm-hmm. is about, I think, like five to six hundred soldiers, it's not as big as a legion, but it's about. It's a lot of people, though. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Five to six hundred soldiers, Romans, Roman soldiers. Um, mm-hmm. uh, about, a, I don't know how many of the temple guards, but the, a, 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 probably a good amount of the temple guards oh, yeah. was there. Bunch of them. Uh, some servants of the priests were there. Yeah. Evidenced by Peter cutting off the ear of one of them. Yeah. Named Malchus, I believe. Yeah. So they arrest Jesus, then they take him to Annas, who was the father-in-law, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the current high priest, and was a former high priest himself. Mm-hmm. This is as close to a Jewish mafia as we can get. It was a Jewish mafia. It's freaking yeah. stupid. So, and keep in mind, keep in mind when Nathan just read and what we said earlier, uh-huh. the, the. The uh, Sanhedrin, basically the Supreme Court of the Jewish people, mm-hmm. had already decided that Jesus was going to die. The point yep. of them taking him before Annas was to find a charge to indict him on, basically. Which they never did. But, Which they never did, uh, <laughs> as evidenced by what Nathan read. And <laughs> Pilate, Pilate just says, no, they never this did. is yours. But the Jews say to him, we are not put permitted to put anyone to death. They never did. They never, right. find, they never found an indictment. I'm going to keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you, go, you keep going. I'm going to find other passages here. They, they, they never found an indictment on Jesus. They could be like, okay, we, we, can, we can still try him. They take him before the Sanhedrin mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, y'all. Which, okay, first of all, by Jewish law, this is in the Vegas, by Jewish yep. law, yep. you have to have a trial in the daytime, which means you have to have a trial after the sun has risen. Yep. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little passionate about oh, this. Oh, you keep going, man. You got it. They, they, so not only have they suspiciously arrested Jesus, I won't say it's straight up illegal, although it probably is, 
based off mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. based off the bribe testimony of a oh, it's a bribe te- yeah the bribe testimony of one of his followers yeah um they have illegally taken him to trial without a formal indictment without even a formal charge yeah and on top of that they have taken him to trial when they're not supposed to uh, another analogy I came up with is this trial is legal pasta. It's so bad. Yeah, Nathan, you know when you cook spaghetti, uh-huh. and it you know when it softens, it gets it looks oh, like yeah. a it looks like a bit of a tangled mess. Well, this whole thing is a tangled mess. Yes, this is a tangled mess. This is legal legal pasta. This is the worst trial of all time. Yeah. So this, during this trial, they convict him basically. Well, then, no, they don't. <laughs> they, they, they illegally they, convict him. Illegal, yeah. They, they basically convict him of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they take him before Pilate, which Nathan uh, uh, read earlier. Yep. And Pilate comes out and goes like, what's the charge? And they're like, uh, 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 uh. Actually, if we he don't was have a, it. We wouldn't have brought him to you if he wasn't a bad guy. And then Pilate is just annoyed beyond all belief because they woke him up in the middle of the night. Oh, and didn't yeah, even, that's true. I didn't think about that. They woke, oh, they, man. They woke Pilate up in the middle of the night and didn't even give him a formal accusation. If I were Pilate, I'd just slam the door in the face and be like, yeah, like, out okay, of here. Okay, if, if they had at least brought an accusation... I would have been like, pilot, bro, I get it. You're tired, but chill. <laughs> I, even I would have just waited. Yeah. I was like, but so Bruh. they bring him before the civilian mm-hmm. the civilian judge, I'll say, or a civilian judge. Right, right. And pilot's just like, y'all are stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. And sends Jesus off to Herod. And Herod, guess what Herod does? Y'all are stupid. <laughs> Herod goes, y'all are stupid, sends him back to Pilate. Yeah. And um, at this point, uh, Pilate remembers that uh, the the releasing of a prisoner, right? Mm-hmm. And Pilate's just like, hey, oh, uh, uh, we have two options. We got this custom. Yeah. We got this custom. Uh, hey, so... You can either I can either release Jesus or Barabbas. This is, the Pharisees choose Barabbas. Nathan, do you know what Barabbas is? Uh, he was a robber, right? He was a he's, thief. He's a robber, a thief, a rebel. Yeah. He's probably killed a few people. At minimum. At minimum. And they say, "Hey, we want the kill- Barabbas to kill on the thief." Instead of Jesus, the living that's, son of God. That's insane to me. And Pilate, this is something Pilate interesting about Pilate. It, yeah. This is something interesting about Pilate, although we've already dived into him a, a lot. But this is something interesting about Pilate. Pilate starts fighting for Jesus. He's yeah. just like, hey, you know what? I'll scourge, I'll, I'll beat him and release him. And they were like, no, we want Barabbas. Yeah. By the way, Pilate beating him without an accusation is illegal. It's already illegal. Yeah, it's already illegal. This entire thing is illegal because they didn't have brought. They illegally arrested him. They illegally everything convicted was illegal. him. This is terrible. They yeah. illegally convicted him, and they have. 
annoyed the civic leaders of the time. Oh, yeah. Um, um, eventually. But, but, hold on. John chapter 19. Alright, go ahead. Jesus kind of gives Pilate the pass here. He gives Pilate... Pi- uh, he, he, yeah, kind of. He gives Pilate he a pass. He kind of gives Pilate a pass. Because Pilate's... Pilate's getting screwed, guys. We gotta remember that. Pilate is screwed. So... Because they, they, the Israelites basically bribe him into uh, their demands. Although if it's, it's a different well, kind of bribery. They basically use fear tactics to... They use fear tactics. They didn't bribe him, but... Uh, John 19.10. So Pilate said to him, You do not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and I have authority to crucify you? And Jesus answers, You would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. For this reason, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. He's not saying that Pilate's not wrong. But... He is saying, Pilot, look, dude, I get it. You're kind of in the corner here. You're mostly off the hook for this. Yeah. Uh, so, if I can continue my uh, summarization and paraphrase, yeah. paraphrasing. So, yeah, Pilot keeps going out to Jews. Like, I find no fault in this guy. There, You didn't bring me a formal charge. He's not talking to me. I can't find anything that would remotely qualify him for execution. Right. Or execution, whether by crucifixion or other means. Right. And, you know, um, I think, I was, yeah. And then something else they do, I, I forgot to mention this, something else the, the, the Sanhedrin does mm-hmm. is they hold a mock trial. During the uh, so when the sun comes up, they like, okay, Jesus, you're convicted, right? And during that trial, they they bribe even more witnesses, yeah, against Jesus, yeah. And guess what? What what's that, Zach? Not a single one of them came to his defense. To his defense. Yep. Which, by the way, is also illegal. Because I believe, again, in Leviticus or and or Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. it says, hey, uh, an accu- the accused is le- is legally obligated to have yeah, a defense. A defense, yeah. Which is why where we get some of our Miranda rights. Yeah. You know, if you, if you guys watch, you know... Uh, Shows like Blue Bloods or, you know, mm. CSI or NCIS, those investigation type shows, yeah. they'll start reading uh, all the rights. You have the right to remain silent. You will have a right to legal counsel. If you cannot afford legal counsel, the one will be provided by, for you by the state. Yeah. Well, right. nothing was provided by the state for Jesus. No. So, not only did they legally bribe witnesses and basically illegally convict them off of witness testimony, yeah. false testimony, by the way, which <laughs> under the Levitical law meant that they were to be given the sentence that they were <laughs> accused. They were being, they were accusing the, uh, mm-hmm. th- that they were given the accused. So, right. 
I'm just saying a whole bunch of people should have died and said Jesus. <laughs> a lot of people should have. Including us. But, you know, now we look at, okay, we get to the crucifixion. Now, what, is, what does Pilate do? I love this. So, so Pilate. Um, yeah, I love this. So They, so, they crucify him. Pilate uh, yeah. makes an inscription, puts it on the cross, and he wrote, this is in John 19, 19, Jesus the Nazarene mm-hmm. King of the Jews. Therefore, many of the Jews read this inscription to the place where and Jesus it, was crucified near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and in Greek. So he wrote it, he wrote wrote it three different time. ways. And the chief priest uh, of the Jews were saying to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, Get off my lawn. So at this point, Pilate is I've, like, just I've like, written, I've written. yeah, Pilate is just like a thousand percent done with oh, these idiots. He is so over it. And uh, I think the moment that he just like, I think he was done from the beginning. But I think that moment that was kind of like the tipping point yes. was the moment that they were all screaming, crucify him. Which, by the way, they bribed more people to yell crucify him, which adds more to this legal Nightmare. Yeah. <sighs> Yo, I'm, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna side tra- bunny trail a little bit. <laughs> even by today's standards, and I know I've mentioned this already. Even by over. today's standards, the trial of Jesus would have been over the second it started. They wouldn't have yeah. even gotten to the crucifixion. Yeah, they wouldn't have. You're right. You wanna know why? Why? Because there's no judges in the middle of the night in a courthouse. Yep. Any judge worth his salt in America today would have seen, okay, we have no accusation, no evidence. It would have been done. The whole thing would have been done. Mistrial. Mistrial. This this whole thing is done. Um. And and on top of that, I believe... That we we in America ha- today have some skilled investigators in the country mm-hmm. that would have probably been able to figure out. Oh hey, these pa- this bunch of people bribed the, all these witnesses. Mistrial again. Yeah, there would have been at least. Bro, I, at least, I can't even. I can't even go. There's at least two. There's at least two causes for mistrial in the in the text alone, and there and probably more. Well, there's more. So again, jumping forward a little bit, Jesus, mm-hmm. jumping back into the the account, right, or the summarization summarization of the account, I should say. So Pilate Pilate gets fed up and you know scared, and he's just like, yeah, you know what. Takes a takes a bowl. Uh, he probably has this bowl on the stage somewhere. Right. Goes yeah. Goes to this bowl, washes his hands. Says, mm-hmm. "I wash my hands." Go. Right. Crucify him. They crucify him. And Pilate writes the inscription. Yep. And they they were like, "Oh, another case of the Pharisees being spoiled brats." Yeah, they were like, "Oh, they, write this instead." Things. And Pilate's just like, 
I'm done. Y'all are morons. I'm done with you. Go away. Be mm. glad that he's dying. And then he gets Jesus gets taken down off the cross. Jesus dies, gets taken down off the cross, laid in the tomb, pops up again later. Now here's, which, here's something with Jesus dying people don't understand. Right. How did Jesus die on the cross? How did he actually die? Suffocation. It was suffocation. You want to know how? How? So the way a crucifixion works mm. is... You are nailed to the cross in three places. Yeah. You are nailed to, like, the cross beam by your wrists. Through, in between the bones. In between bones. In between the bones. Which fulfills scripture by saying, not a bone of his shall be broken. Yeah. And people, like, people uh, misrepresent that by by showing the nail nail holes through his his palm. No, No, it would have been, it would have been through the wrist. It has to be through the wrist. Yeah. Um... But anyway, and then uh, through his feet, which I think there's a gap in the foot bone to provide for mm-hmm. for uh, non-breakage. So essentially, you're sagging. You're sagging. You're sagging on uh, on trees. So so gravity is basically keeping carbon dioxide in your lungs, and what you have to do to be able to take a breath is you have to pull up on this. You basically have to do a combination of pull, pulling up on the nails in your wrists mm-hmm. and pushing up on the nails in your on the nail on your feet in order to stay alive. In order to <gasps> take a breath. Yep. Which is why the in the in the account the Roman soldiers broke the legs of the thieves, so they couldn't push themselves up. Yep. So there, the thieves really were dying. Yeah. Jesus, I mean, he was really dying. They yeah. were both really and dying. By the way, I'm gonna discount the uh, oh Jesus fainted theory here. Mm-mm-mm-mm. When the when the guard pierced they, pierced Jesus, he was dead. He was dead. Blood and water came out. Clear sign. Jesus that's was how dead. You know, that's that is the telltale sign that somebody's dead is right. when the blood and the water are separate. Um, now, here's something that's interesting. Scripture speaks into this. Luke thirty four forty six. Uh, sorry, Luke twenty three forty six says, and Jesus crying out with a loud voice said, "Father, into your hands I commit my spirit." Having said this, he breathed his last, right, indicating that he actually did suffocate to death. Right. The centurions, centurion, Roman centurion said he was innocent right the, after that. The Roman centurion said he was innocent. Pilate said he was innocent. And then we go back into a previous episode that we already did. <laughs> yep. And oh man. Okay, one last thing I want to mention that the Pharisees did, which is probably highly illegal, mm-hmm. when Jesus rose from the dead in the, the resurrection. Ooh. Um, the the guards get worried and go to the Pharisees and say, "Oh, he's the body's gone. What do we do?" And Je- and the Pharisees just basically just bribe them and say, "Hey, say." Say the disciples that came and stole the body. We all smarter than that. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And this is, I think this is the point I'm going to end on. Okay. It doesn't make sense. Like, okay, I get it. Peter, Andrew, James, and John were probably strong enough from fishing mm-hmm. that they could overpower 
a, an average person, I'll say. Yeah. There is no way on God's green earth that four fishermen, a tax collector, uh, a zealot, and whatever the heck the rest of them were, yeah, were. There's no way they we're overpowering yeah. a trained contingent of no, Roman guards. That, that's not going to happen. I will grant you that they probably could have moved the stone away, but maybe, they are not. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. that I, I will that grant you a big stone. Yeah, I will grant you that 11, 11 guys could have moved the stone away. Mm-hmm. I, I will grant you that it's a possibility. Yeah. However, where it goes, we're off the rails for me, is the fact that you're saying 11 untrained dudes, untrained for fighting dudes, came in and and basically overpowered a contingent of the most lethal fighting force. There's no way. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) No way. If you want to know how how insane these guys are, go they're, watch over simplified video of the Punic the first Punic War. <laughs> <laughs> I am not kidding. Yes. I'm not kidding when I say the Roman military was legit insane. They were pretty good at that point in time. Yeah, but anyway. All right, I, that's all we got time for today, guys. Y- y'all have fun. Yeah. Um, look forward to our ne- to our. Our next episode, which is the last part of Job, yeah, with a special guest, uh, special guest, uh, David, David Pierce. Pierce, my boy, and uh, you know, have have a blessed uh, week, you guys. Have a blessed rest of your day, whenever you're hearing this. Have a blessed whenever you're hearing this. Deuces. Peace out.